The Last Word with Matt Cooper. To the United States now, Marion McKeown is in New Hampshire, Cal Thomas is in Florida, but before we speak to either of them, let's hear Nikki Haley speak about Donald Trump's mental fitness. And do we really want to go into an election with two fellas that are going to be president in their 80s? And that's not ageism that I'm saying here. We see that Biden has changed so much over two years. But last night, Trump is at a rally and he's going on and on mentioning me multiple times as to why I didn't take security during the Capitol riots. Why I didn't handle January 6th better? I wasn't even in DC on January 6th. I wasn't in office then. They're saying he got confused that he was talking about something else. He was talking about Nancy Pelosi. He mentioned me multiple times in that scenario. The concern I have is I'm not saying anything derogatory, but when you're dealing with the pressures of a presidency, we can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this. We can't. Carl Thomas, you have brought up the issue of Joe Biden's mental acuity on a number of occasions in this program, but isn't there ample evidence to support the contention that Donald Trump's is even more something to be worried about, and that when you add into Donald Trump's inability to remember the right names or the right people or to speak coherently, you've got the malign intent as well. So what do you reckon of Nikki Haley's approach to finally bringing this up? I think she's absolutely right, Matt. Now, all of us make mistakes from time to time, except you, of course. You're the Uh perfect presenter. But, uh, yeah, she's made this argument before, and I completely agree. She said anyone 65 or older running for the highest office in the land ought to have cognitive tests. Now, Biden said during the last election campaign that he was tested all the time. But uh, during his last physical, which was last February, I just looked it up again, his doctor uh, signed off on the rest of his physical uh, abilities and said he was fine, but said nothing about his cognitive state. And when reporters asked, he didn't respond. So I think this is a legitimate and nonpartisan question. I think both of them should take a cognitive tests and the results be released so the public can decide whether they are mentally fit to this most important and taxing job in the world. The only problem, I suppose, Mary McKeown, is could we actually trust whatever results were released? Because almost certainly they'd both boast of passing the flying colours. Well, of course, and it also would depend on which doctors do it. I mean, Ronnie Johnson, who was uh, Trump's doctor in the White House, who's now as a politician down Texas said that Trump had the fitness and mental fitness and physical fitness of a 25-year-old Olympic athlete. I'm paraphrasing <laughs> here, obviously, but you get the idea. I mean, he he absolutely, you know, it 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 can be very subjective. I wouldn't trust it, but I think that, you know, I think there is something to be said, though. Um, certainly. Uh, uh, you know, Trump still has his his energy levels are still high, but he's not doing that much up here. And I think um, one of the things I'm really noticing is that usually New Hampshire, you you literally you have to get out of the way not to get stampeded by a politician. Nikki Haley has stepped up her game in the last four or five days, and she has been doing up to eight or nine events a day. But it's kind of a little late. It's a sort of a day late and a dollar short at this stage. Trump's been doing, you know, one or two big events, um, but even his big events aren't nearly as big as they were in 2016. 
2016. Uh, so, uh, and, and you know, everybody's talking about turnout up here. So far, the turnout today is pretty soft. The, the Secretary of State up here, Dave Scanlon, said to me that it's going to be the biggest turnout ever and he's going around to all the polling booths. But it, so far, there's not much sign of it. And for Nikki Haley to even lose respectfully here, there would have to be a massive turnout with independence going for her at least three to one against Trump and I just don't see that happening. So does this mean will this be the end of Nikki Haley's campaign do you reckon or would she carry on believing that being runner up would position her to be the nominee in the event of something happening to Trump over the course of the year? Well, you know, there are a couple of things there. Earlier on, her her um, campaign manager sent out a, a message to all the journalists and, and it was a, a basically a memo saying, don't think it's over today. We're going on to not just New Carol- South Carolina, which is her home state, which Trump is poised to transfer in, but after that, we're going to keep going through Super Tuesday. Now, talk is cheap and, and campaigning is very expensive and uh, it would depend on whether or not the big donors Haley had lined up, like the Koch brothers and you know, the guy who owns Home Depot, big billionaire donors, whether they are prepared to keep investing in her, even though Trump trounced her in Iowa. And if he transferred New Hampshire, you would have to ask, what's the point? So on the one hand, if they keep getting money, sure, they can keep going. But if is there any point in throwing good money after bad? And if you're a donor and you've already been burnt with somebody like Ron DeSantis, you're probably going to think, well, Trump's looking inevitable. So, I, you know, I, I really... Don't know. I think that it could be all over by tomorrow. But we'll see New Hampshire has surprised people in the past on on numerous occasions. I just don't see any way that she can beat Trump in New Hampshire. So, Carl, as somebody... Yeah, go on, Carl. I want to congratulate Marion on one of the greatest political statements I've ever heard. Talk is cheap and campaigns are expensive. Way to go, Marion. I love that. (laughs) Okay, Carl, tell me, you're a conservative and you like to be described as that rather than a Republican. So, as a conservative, would Nikki Haley appeal to you both as as a candidate and do you believe she could win and be a good president? Well, they're two different questions, of course. I like her, even though she doesn't return my phone calls. Uh, I think she's absolutely right on the abortion issue. There are not 60 uh, votes in the United States Senate for a national ban or any other kind of uh, restriction on abortion. She has been very open and honest and one of the most divisive subjects in this country on Social Security and Medicare, saying we can't go on like this, it cannot be sustained, it must be reformed, or it's going to go bankrupt, or taxes will have to be raised, or benefits cut. She's absolutely right. She's telling the truth about that. But both Biden and, uh, and uh, Trump have denounced her for saying that because these politicians would rather have the issue than a solution. So on the honesty scale, I think she rates above uh, those other two candidates by far. But a lot of her critics, and this includes a lot of the Trump supporters, say she's a warmonger. What do you say to that, Cal? You know, we, and we've been through this isolation phase before. In World War One, World War Two, the United States uh, has generally uh, wanted not to avoid foreign entanglements uh, from the presidency of George Washington, our first president, who warned against it. But uh, it's it's not that kind of a world out there. We, we need a discussion, not just a dictatorship, uh, when it comes to U.S. involvement with troops, with money, with our prestige in other countries.
countries. Colin Powell, the former Secretary of State, used to argue this. He said before, the United States commits any troops or any treasure to any conflict in the world, we have to have a discussion about this on whether it's in America's interests. I think that is a worthy statement and something no politician is really talking about today. So, Murray, do you think that as this year progresses, while domestic issues may be to the forefront, that things like the American support for Israel or support for Ukraine could become major issues that have a bearing on how people vote? Yeah, I think they do. I'm hearing a lot of concern um, about foreign policy and about wars, you know, particularly Ukraine and Israel on the campaign trail here. The things people are talking about are immigration, the economy, which everyone says is getting better, and no, except for the people I talked to on the ground who aren't feeling it. Um, and But a lot of people are also referencing Ukraine and where is this going to go in Israel. So there's a lot of anxiety. There's also anxiety about the prospect of a second Donald Trump term. There's anxiety about the prospect of a second Joe Biden term, but none of it is enough to push Nikki Haley where she needs to be, and I think it's because she has been far too timid. She's allowed Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, he's the four-term governor there, uh, hugely popular to be the attack dog, and he has gone after Trump and gone after Trump in the way that Nikki Haley should be doing herself. But then she sort of just sounds a little anxious and, oh, we can't afford Trump again. And But she's not really going after him. And I think that, that she hasn't made enough of a case for herself and she hasn't shown herself to be tough enough. So we'll see where it goes. OK, let's talk a little bit about the potential for dirty tricks. We know that the 2016 election was influenced by the work of Russia with the tacit approval of Donald Trump. Uh, but let's Here are some of the AI-generated robocalls that have been made to New Hampshire voters mimicking the voice of President Joe Biden. What a bunch of malarkey. We know the value of voting Democratic when our votes count. It's important that you save your vote for the November election. We'll need your help in electing Democrats up and down the ticket. Voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. If you would like to be removed from future calls, please press 2 now. What's all that about, Cal? Well, this is a unique election cycle. You used the words uh, dirty tricks, which uh, characterized the Richard Nixon re-election campaign uh, more than, uh, what, 60 or 50 years ago now. Uh, but... AI is a whole new uh, a dog in this game. Uh, we've never had it before. Uh, if you can fake somebody else's voice on whatever side and whatever level of politics you're on, you can uh, influence a substantial, I would think, number of votes. I think it's a very, very scary thing. I don't know how you control it legislatively uh, or judicially, but it's going to be a problem. You know, the last time uh, there was controversy about uh, mail-in ballots and uh, not showing up in person to vote, this is a whole new ball game. Nobody has ever confronted AI before in an election campaign, and it's very worrisome, I think, no matter which side you're on. So, Marion, a lot of bad actors who are going to put out bogus um, material featuring the voices of the candidates, perhaps, to try and mislead voters. 
Oh yeah, this is just like an illustration of I think what's going to be a really dirty campaign where the the waters are going to be so muddied through every means and AI I think is going to be a big part of this. Part of this, so I have to say, is, you know, Biden made an absolute mess of the New Hampshire primary, and I think it might work against him in the actual yeah, election Sorry, can well. you explain what's going on in the Democratic primaries? Yeah, ridiculous. Look, New Hampshire forever has... It's a, this, New Hampshire's a cranky little state, and um, it's very independent, and for about 100 years, it's always had this first-in-the-nation status. We have the first primary in the nation, and they're really proud of that. Joe Biden decided, no, you don't. This this election cycle, I'm giving it to South Carolina. And the New Hampshire people basically said back to him, well, screw you, you're you're not the boss of us. We're going to have our primary on on the same day as we always do, which is today. And he said, well, then I'm not having my name on the ballot. So they said, fine. And that now there's a sort of a late writing campaign because Biden isn't on the ballot and he doesn't want to be seen to be trounced even in a non-ballot by his standards ballot. Uh, and so... Then, so a campaign starts to write him in anyway. Uh, and then this robocall was obviously intended to tell people, don't bother writing me in, just ignore the whole thing. Uh, which but, but sorry, Marion, can you explain, yeah. who's on the ballot paper so for Democrats? Um, there's this guy called Dean Phillips, uh, who is a Minnesota businessman. Uh, he's a Democrat and he's he's also in Congress for, for uh, Minnesota. He's on the ballot and um, there are a couple of other local names on the ballot as well. But I think the the thing is that Joe Biden, the Democrats didn't want New Hampshire to have the first of the nation, but they also don't want, now that Joe Biden isn't on the ballot, they don't... They, they wanted to change it to Super Tuesday, but they don't want somebody else to beat him, even though he isn't on the ballot. They've made, they've made an absolute mess of it. Okay. Uh, so, L- Lister says in relation to that bit of audio we played, uh, I've never heard Joe Biden sound so clear. I understood every word. Uh, this listener says Trump 2024. You should really look at some of the videos of Donald Trump over the last few days. He has been even more inarticulate than he usually is. And it's not just what we played uh, with Nikki Haley condemning him for mixing her up with Nancy Pelosi. There's been all sorts of missing words or incorrectly used words. And he always had a tendency towards that. But as he ages, it certainly seems to be getting worse. We're going to leave it there. Cal Thomas and Marion McKeown, thank you very much for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.